Hello and welcome to night number 13 of 31 Nights of Fright, year 3, the franchise. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night number 13 appropriately takes us back to Crystal Lake with Friday the 13th, part 4, the final chapter. Friday the 13th, part 4, again opens up with a flashback sequence. However, this one is actually with flashbacks taken from all of the Friday the 13th films up until this point. And I think it's actually probably one of the best flashback montages that they could have come up with. This is far better than the ones from 2 and 3. This one here, we get almost like a Jason's Greatest Hits of his kills and various plot points that happened up until now. Granted, the story is not very deep. It's mostly just Jason is going around killing people with the exception of the first one, where it was his mother. But it's just nice to actually have them here and they don't drag. The way that they're cut together, it gives a very immediate feeling and makes you think that you're in for a super intense Friday the 13th film. This is probably one of my favorite opening credits to the film too, because you see them explode, like they actually explode into an explosion. <laughs> it's pretty great, it's very humorous, and I think it's awesome. I think they should have had explosions after everybody that's announced it's in this movie. They should have done that too. That would have been even better. But it really does kind of go with the, the cheesiness of the franchise because they knew that it was a bit on the cheesy side and they added the humor and such to part three and they kind of further that a little bit here with this one. They do try to actually have a little bit more plot this time such as incorporating the Jarvis family and even with all that it still kind of boils down to teenagers are going to Crystal Lake and they get killed by Jason so it's still no matter how you dice it it's still more or less the same film that you've been watching the past three times however this one while it does start off kind of immediate it does wisely know when to slow down but then once it does slow down then it does ramp up again pretty quickly and it racks up the body count quickly as well. This, like A Nightmare on Elm Street, by the time they reached the fourth film, they had everything down to a science of everything that a Friday the 13th film should be. They know why people come to see these films. They come to see how Jason is going to kill somebody next. They come for the nudity. And I would say that this one probably has the most violence and nudity compared to the previous entries. I would say this one definitely has the most. And again, it's actually not a bad thing because it is a fun movie. I would say that this is probably one of my favorite Friday the 13th sequels out of all of them. I think it has a pretty good cast. It has a then unknown Corey Feldman and an unknown Crispin Glover in this film as well. Of course, this was before Crispin Glover was in Back to the Future. And as far as I know, he had no idea what Friday the 13th actually was. He was just simply looking to work, and this was a movie that came up. But I think this one too, it wisely knew exactly what to do 
and I said about it having some immediacy. It, it really wastes no time with Jason killing somebody. And you're not really given time to be bored or anything like that throughout this film. And they do that while slowing down the pace a little bit. So I think it's actually very evenly balanced as far as the intensity and the not so intense scene. Again, this is a Friday the 13th film that has some very inventive kills, is the best way to put it. And we have someone uh, held down and stabbed through a raft. Harpoon gun to the crotch, which is a painful scene to watch. You have one of the double mint twins. She's actually pinned to the side of a house. And then you have a stabbing through a projector screen, head smashed in the shower, and axed through the door. Not only that, we do have a death of a dog, which is funny with the way it's shot because normally I'm an animal lover. I don't like to see animals killed in a film. And yet it looks like the dog is just simply jumping out of the window. So I guess at least it was tame at that point. And I thought the dog literally just jumped out the window. If I have any real complaints about this movie, it's the fact that the big plan to defeat Jason with Tommy Jarvis where he shaves his head and applies some makeup and more or less makes him look like young Jason. I don't know if it exactly works. I don't know why Jason would really like almost like, I don't know, get confused or take pity. I think he would know that he's most likely an adult by now. I think he would know that he's no longer that kid that was at the bottom of the lake. But... I just don't know if it works, and it's almost a recall to Friday the 13th Part 2 with the sweater and confusing him with thinking that his mother was in front of him. Instead, here we get Tiny Jason in front of him, and he really seems to get genuinely confused. I guess maybe he's probably thinking, like, well, how am I standing over there? I guess that's... <laughs> I guess that's the way that it's supposed to be interpreted. I don't know. Um, it didn't really work for me. And not only that, Corey Feldman um, bald like that. He looks really weird and goofy. And I guess he's supposed to, but I don't know. It's, I don't know. The scene did nothing for me, really. I will say that the actual death of Jason was handled very well. I think it was uh, good with the way it was done. And not only that, it... Uh, looked pretty nasty especially when he was sliding down on the machete and um, it looked realistic to me and was probably a definite highlight of the movie so I went from a scene where I didn't really like to a scene that wound up being awesome and we also get Tommy Jarvis going a little bit on the uh, a little bit on the crazy side on him uh, where he starts hacking away at uh, Jason and I'm guessing they really did try to want to end it, but yet it's given a, well, what if type of sequel ending. And that sequel ending, of course, wasn't really done, but yet it still gives you that, hmm, we left the door open, it will no longer be Jason. And I don't really know how people would take to that. Um, I'm not aware of how people took to Friday the 13th Part 5. I don't know if it's a fan favorite or not. And I'm sure by the way I'm talking, 
you know exactly where I'm getting at with what that one does. But <laughs> we'll have to get to it on another night's episode. But just like A Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th Part 4 is another solid entry in the franchise. And I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, I got a website, so if you need to catch up on some past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you are enjoying my podcast and have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners and also create new episodes. Not only that, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.